Hey, Jamie. Hello, Keith. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, not too bad. Good. Good. How's your summer going? Uh, pretty good. I think I've set a record for a number of uh, consecutive weeks without being sick. So that's good. Like, I think I have a month in between the, the last one. That's good. That's good. Good personal record. But yeah, the rest of the summer has been going pretty good, but desperately in need of a vacation. Speaking of that, I just got back from uh, one vacation. Yeah, you went to the Dominican, right? Yep, uh, Punicana uh, in Dominican. It, me and, so I try to go on one trip um, a year with my wife and then one trip a year with the family. And mm, okay. this year it just happens to be that they're really close together. So last last week I was on vacation in the Dominican, Dominican and I literally just sat in a lazy river and had drinks fed to me for about Like you didn't days. even have to hold the cup? Like you're just like, give me the drink? Well, the cup was in my raft, so... Oh, okay, there you go. I had, and there were straws involved. Nice. <laughs> um, played a little bit of volleyball, played, did some excursions uh, out to an island, so it was good. We're trying to go to every island in the Caribbean. Um, you know, not anytime soon, just eventually, so... There's a lot. There's a lot. But it's my favorite, like, tropical area. Although it's really the only tropical area I've been to. So Yeah, I was about to say, aren't you going to yeah. go to Hawaii at some point? Uh, we were going to go to Hawaii as the family, but my daughter's three. And mm. she still needs, like, naps and stuff. And so gotcha. we decided to wait till probably next year for that. Um Okay. Just not the right time. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good time. And then next week I'm going on vacation with the family. So not a lot of productivity happening. Yeah, that one week in between. And I guess just for uh, listeners' sake, it's been what, like three weeks since we last recorded? Yeah, I was, because of the vacation I was on, we extended it um, another week for a recording. Okay, gotcha. I actually had kind of forgotten it's been that long, feels like. So yeah. that's good. So you, you, you got a ton done then since it was three weeks instead of just two. Of course. Of, of course. No. Of course. No. Um, maybe. Yeah. But but maybe it was cool. So there's the thing, right? <laughs> like this cool factor way in here because uh, I guess if we go back to what I was working on um, – I was trying to hash out a way for me to sell two Bulker Core courses and then like, or not courses necessarily, but like series of tutorials and then release them as one, like release them all at one time and let people like pay into that and then drip feed them to my YouTube channel. So I don't have to like do the weekly thing. Um, and so I started digging into that and then I realized I'm basically building the course platform that I've talked about for the last like three years. So I kind of doubled down on it. And at the last time we talked, I was building it as like a prototype using Firebase as my backend. And I was going to just embed it inside of um, coderjourney.com. The embedding part is still there, but it turns out something about NoSQL just doesn't mesh with me. Like mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. cannot wrap my head around how NoSQL databases are useful if you're working with any kind of useful data. But yeah, I, I that's, totally agree. That's I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think they're useful for 
you know, non-relational type data. I know you can store, you know, full documents and all that, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just think they're more trouble than they're worth when you're really dealing with relational data. They're useful for, like, writing. Like, so their write speeds are really fast. But Yeah. I don't, yeah. I guess that's, like, I look at it and I go, I've almost never come up to a problem where relational aspects of a database were not useful. Right. Like, correct. Inevitably, you almost always need to like if you just want to write a report for yourself, like at some point you're probably going to want to use the relational aspects of the database. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess maybe if you wanted you were more worried about like okay, we're just we just care about the rights and getting the data in and then we will export that data and massage it through some sort of data warehouse, um then I guess that would be okay, but the, like that's way above my pay grade. Yeah, one of the um, client projects I'm on, they use it for like analytics into a, so like page views where they're just sending in a JSON blob mm-hmm. and like logins and all this stuff. I think it's kind of useful then and exact they they have exactly what you're talking about where then they have some other code on top of that that can report out certain things. Gotcha. And yeah, like it, yeah, it's nice sense. because it's kind of just off in the background. It doesn't take up any much processing power. They just write to it. There's no validation. Mm-hmm. There's no so that that's kind of useful. But yeah, that's like you know a unique case, I think. Yeah. So for my purposes, though, I'm mine. Mine's pretty like normal, you know, in the sense of like I need to, the concept of a course, and a course needs some things, and then I need to be able to associate a course with like the instructor. And also with, like, students who have enrollments in a course, like, all of these things, you know, that I'm just like, I can figure this out in a relational database. Like, I could create my data model in a very, you know, efficient way very, very quickly. So I kind of went back, and thankfully my front-end code is fine, but I spent some time, and I was working with Elixir and Phoenix still, Um and so I kind of just started working more on the server side of that. So I didn't get the thing finished because I went back and I decided, well, now I actually am going to build a backend and this is no longer going to be a prototype. This is basically going to be the real thing. And mm-hmm. so we're going through and I'm actually using a library called Absinthe to create a GraphQL uh, interface oh, nice. for it. Nice. And Dude, it is amazing. For one, GraphQL, I love. Like I To the point of like I learned it, um, and then I started kind of working with it and then I like went to work and I was like, I think we could use this. And I implemented one for like the application that I manage at work. And like, it's already to the point where it's probably going to be used, uh, for our administrative purposes to like connect some applications. And it took me like four hours or something. Like it's kind of insane what you can accomplish, uh, with that sort of flexibility, and I mean, obviously, I'm still going to run into some uh, issues, I assume, but it it feels pretty good right now. It feels very rapid. So, did you just use it? So, did you fall in love with GraphQL because of how easy it was to implement because of the library, mostly, um, or or because of the flexibility? And then and then, do you need that flexibility? So, the answer is both. Um, is really, I think, what it comes down to. So flexibility-wise, I might not necessarily need it, but remember one of the goals for Lectern is that I want it to be 
um, something that you can customize pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So if I open up the GraphQL API for mm-hmm. Lectern for somebody mm-hmm. to use, I think that could be b- very beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody yeah. who's writing a front end for this. And like, I, I'm really not even shying away from the fact that like, if you want to write a custom front end for this, it's probably going to be pretty techy. Uh, but I will give you everything you need to consume the data that you have in the system. Yeah, but the implementation mm-hmm. thing is just like super fast. Like it was really, really easy to implement things. And specifically just because a lot of it, you know, I guess when you think about it in terms of a functional programming language, like a field in GraphQL is just a function. So that's pretty easy. And then you look at it in terms of your, you have certain uh, data models that you have. So you have, you have mm-hmm. objects in a sense, even though you're in a functional language, but you, you have these things that you're trying to express. And if you just have functions that give you the individual data points that you need, like you can go off and do that very, very quickly. And Absinthe made that really, really fast. GraphQL Ruby made it really, really fast for me doing Rails. And yeah, I'm really liking how fast it is. And most of the time it's like REST is just like kind of a, like you think about it, it would it would have taken me longer to implement this in REST and it would be less performant in the long run because I would get more information back than I needed or I would have to make multiple queries. Yeah. Um, so I use the, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Facebook API, the Graph API. I use that a lot on a project, uh, which is a GraphQL database. And for me, and I think for Lectern as well, it makes sense. Like, it's flexible enough. But for normal, like, consuming, like, consuming the API, I think in a lot of cases, and it's just a thought, like, I think it's, I think it's more trouble than, than it would be if you just had a REST API for a lot of services. Um, I, I can see that. It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, somebody else would have to learn. Yeah, I was playing around with the idea of of using Graph a GraphQL database for um, for callback uh, because of the issues I was running in with with the JSON API stuff, and I was like, well, maybe maybe you can make a GraphQL database. But I again, I think it's such a simple API that I don't want it to be overblown with all these options, different fields you can grab, um, and then different um, endpoints off of other stuff because I don't have that many that many endpoints. So, but. Well, see, I'm to the point where I'm okay supporting having do, like two of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's my, like GraphQL is really nice. You have one spot to point to, gives you some type safety stuff. Um, well, not type safety, but it gives you types and kind of a more uh, mm-hmm. understood look at the data that you're getting back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's flexible, but it's like, yeah, I'm I'm totally okay. Like implementing it. Here's a rigid like REST API. Like this is what I'm going to return to you every time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just That's I think cool. for my now that I now that I know it, I I would prefer GraphQL. I think just because I think the flexibility is nice and the fact. It's really appealing to get just the data that you need. Would you prefer it as are you preferring it as a developer standpoint or as a consumer and standpoint or both? So as well, I mean, who consumes APIs, right? Developers. 
Well, yeah, so, I meant development of the API from the development of oh, the API. Oh, gotcha. No, I'm so I actually am looking at it from the consumption side of things too. Um, and so the one I wrote for work, uh, was there and we have multiple systems. Like we're progressively becoming more of a service oriented kind of thing because we have different where it's, it's more like not service oriented. It's more like multi monolith, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're two, they're just separate Mm -hmm. applications. They have different data goals and stuff. And I can expose a boatload of data to you that you'll never need for a given like request or whatever, or I can let you just like, you know ask me for the data that you need at that exact moment and yeah it's uh yeah it just makes things a little bit quicker especially when you're dealing with rails and like lots and lots of models the you have to load so much uh less data into memory to uh to actually just query for what you need Hmm. which uh is beneficial in that sense too Especially mm-hmm. once I added like batch loading in and stuff, so I wasn't like getting n plus one queries on my GraphQL endpoint. Nice, cool. So you you totally got rid of you totally got rid of Firebase then. Yeah, I just yeah. I just nixed Firebase. I'm like, dude, I because uh, what was I trying to figure out? Oh, I was trying to figure out how I was going to structure a course having multiple lectures, and I was like, I could do this nested option thing, but that that kind of sucks. <laughs> like i could just nest it deeply or i could create it as a separate database you know in the database um or separate yeah, top level key or whatever it is and but i'm like how am i going to get to those and i'm like oh it's all just a giant hash so i have to create some sort of unique identifier and key into this thing and then i can't associate it to more than one and like i got to the point where i was just like beating my head against the wall trying to figure out how exactly i wanted to structure this in a sane way and what i decided was that there really wasn't a way that i was going to come up with so cool. um i just spiked it i was like all right i'm gonna take some time and spike out what this would look like if i was using um just a relational database and then i was like well okay uh graphql is pretty cool i think and i'm using react already as my front end so i know there are a lot of things that integrate those and this thing came out uh called howtographql.com um and it's a pretty awesome tutorial on uh, both the front end and the back end of GraphQL, like you go through building a hacker news clone and like you can pick the technology that you want to do. So it's like, oh, you want to build the back end portion? You want to build it in Ruby, Java, Elixir, like has all these things and it goes through and like has videos and like the text for it. And then it also shows you on the front end. So it's like, do you want to use React with Relay? Do you want to use React with the Apollo GraphQL client? Like, it was pretty neat, and it helped me understand GraphQL a lot. Because I looked at GraphQL, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and I was just like, what in the heck is going on? But, uh, yeah, this that helped out a lot. So once I went through that tutorial, I felt, like, super comfortable with everything I was doing and kind of flew through it. That's cool. The link for that will be in uh, the show notes. Uh, and then, so how is your scheduling, like, scheduled recording going? So I know you've released a few React series Um, so this is, this is kind of a funny one, right? So I'm going on a, like, I'm going to go on vacation and I'm not like recorded ahead. So I'm just not going to release any videos for a couple weeks, but, um, yeah, I've been, you know, caught up working on this, 
this aspect of things and like dropping the ball on the recording side of things too. So that kind of stinks, but it's also, I kind of bit off more than I should have when I was picking my topic that I was going to do for the react series. Cause I'm building like a real application that I've never built. So it's not like I'm hacking on something like super easy. It was more like I'm learning react while I'm teaching react. Like now I understand react quite a bit more, but um, so I'm beyond what I'm teaching in, in any given tutorial, but I, I'm like, oh, okay, we'll build this thing to uh, to parse and format chord charts and stuff like that. And then, so it's that like extra bits and like changes that I want to make to that. And the fact that I didn't start with like a clean, like this is what our end goal is going to be. It put me in this weird ambiguous spot where I'm just like trying to figure out what to add next. And mm-hmm. I hate it. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, anywho, that uh, basically I was working on Lectern instead of working on that. So it's going to take me a little while to uh, to actually get caught up and be beyond like doing the week to week. But right now I'm just super duper burnout and in need of a vacation. So I'm going to probably take the night off on uh, releasing a video. And because today is Tuesday, my normal video release day. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Cool. So what's your, when are you going on vacation? You, I am going on vacation on Friday from Friday to next Friday. Me too. Are you going with me? I, I'm not going with where I don't even know where you're going. Uh, we're going to Hilton head. Are you going to Hilton head? I am not. I'm going be, to Lake James. Yeah. It would be pretty funny. We're just like next door. <laughs> uh, Lake James. Is that in, uh, Indiana? That is in, that? yeah, it's in Angola, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So it's like north of Fort Wayne, hour and a half or so. They have a lot of nice. little lakes in that area, but they're pretty nice. So we, uh, me and Kendra and then her family, we stay in a lake cottage there every every year just for a week just to chill out and relax. I, I usually just read a bunch of books. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I started the... Um... I started the Elon Musk biography when I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty good, except it's, like, outdated already. Like, it's, like, all about, like, oh, we're trying to land rockets and reuse them. I'm like, you did that last week. So, mm-hmm. it's, but it's it's pretty good. It's interesting. I'm not a big Elon Musk fan, uh, personally. Really? But, uh, I am. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not, uh, yeah. I'll keep my opinions to myself, but I am impressed with what he's done uh, technology-wise and things like that, and how he can get so much shit done is is impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So, um, so what's your next? Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess this doesn't matter because we. Uh, are planning on having this be our last episode for this quote unquote season, right? So yep. we're going to take some time off from recording for a couple months uh, because a you're going on a, a larger trip and um, I just want to buckle down and, and get some things done so we can come back and say, Hey, this is what we've done and, and kind of talk about some new ventures. So we're going to, this is going to be our last episode and we're going to take a couple months off. We don't know exactly when we'll come back. Um, sometime probably October, November time frame. Um, so do you plan on, do you have any 
big, large plans uh, as far as like when we come back, what, what you might have done? Oh, I'm so my goal is to have lectern out the door, obviously, nice. uh, at least in a, like a beta facility, like capacity um, Great. to awesome. other people, not just me. Yeah. But awesome. Cool. So, um, yeah, my last two weeks were similar and, and somebody told me that uh, they listened to the show to, so we can tell them what we don't get done, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is more appropriate. But uh, I also didn't get as much as I wanted done uh, for a few reasons. One, I was on vacation for a week uh, and I did what you kind of was going to do. I just read a bunch, read, started one book and read a bunch of like online stuff and watched some YouTube videos and things like that. So I didn't uh, complete that, but um, I didn't complete everything I wanted to do. Um, I did uh, launch the early stand-up feature. Uh, I don't remember last time if I said I was going to launch it in beta or not, but that's what I did. I haven't launched it to everybody, Um, but I did improve kind of like the defaults so that when you uh, say, hey, I want to start an early stand-up, it will see if you've already done a stand-up for the day and you can't suggest that day anymore um, and some other small improvements. Nice. I moved a bunch more teams to use callback, so almost all the teams now are on callback for scheduled stand-ups. That's cool. And, yeah, knock on wood, uh, it's been pretty flawless, so I'm pretty happy with that. And one thing that happened, uh, it was a good thing that happened and a bad thing, but Slack uh, featured uh, Tatsu in their uh, brilliant bots section. And yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And it caused a whole bunch of new signups. And it also caused some performance issues. So I don't know between um, um, doing vacation. So I also launched vacation, which I think I talked about last week. Um, so you can say, hey, I'm, I'm on vacation and it won't call on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think between that feature, which does some database hits on something that happens pretty frequently. So when a user changes their uh, emoji, like in Slack, you can change your emoji. When they change it to like out of office or vacationing, it, it kind of automatically assumes that they're uh, out of office for the standup. Mm-hmm. It turns out that that event happens pretty frequently. So there's a database hit for every time that happens. So I think the combination between that and all the new stand-ups caused some uh, some performance issues. So what I did for the meantime is I just slid the little slider bar in Heroku and uh, and added more resources to it. So it's costing me more money, but... I have to go back and look at where the bottlenecks are. I'm not, I'm not even really sure where the performance You added more resources to your database? No, I added more resources to the dyno, to the um, to the actual processing of the... Gotcha. Um, and really the performance hits only occur between like 8 in the morning and 11 in the morning Eastern mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Because of that's when everybody does their stand-ups. Um, so... Um, yeah, I got to look into that a little more. I don't know where those those 
I, bottleneck. Zone. I think you could, if that, like, if it's really that emoji switching thing that's giving you uh, a problem, I, you can probably just move that into like a really tiny Redis cache. Yes, yes. That's my overall plan is to, once you start a standup, move a lot of that stuff into a Redis cache and then kind of sync it with the back end when state changes. So that's my overall goal. Obviously, that's a big refactor, but... Mm -hmm. um, And I started the asynchronous stand-up. Now, I wanted to have it finished, um, but I just kind of barely started it. Uh, I did a lot of refactoring where there's now, like, a factory that creates stand-ups, and depending on the type, it, like, auto-loads kind of some like a state machine based on the type oh cool of of stand-up so it's still at the same spot it was before like in terms of functionality but now i can add new stand-up types kind of easily yeah because that was your you had to build like your concept of an engine right so you could do these different things because that was the big refactor that was kind of holding you up so i did that uh and then i realized as well, another thing that I need is more more like a help section, a support section that kind of explains some aspects of Tatsu because I've been getting a lot of support requests with new users saying, hey, I don't get how I use this, and the site's really simple. There's not much help. Uh, so I'm going to start using Intercom's... Um, help product they have i already use intercom like two features out of intercom and they have another feature that's like a knowledge base system so i'm going to start adding some guides and then when i also do like big features so like early stand-ups vacations different Mm -hmm. types of stand-ups i'm going to have a section in the guide that explains this some more and then that way when i add people to the beta instead of explaining all this stuff in an email that gets lost and it's only to them, I'm going to put it in the guide and just point people to the guide. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah. it's. It, I'm pretty excited about that. Their guides are really, really nice. and and. Uh, you going to record some screencasts? Walk yeah, I'm going to record some, some. Not screencasts. Um, I'm probably going to do it. I kind of want to do it more animated. And, I, I'm not sure yet. But there are going to be simple, like, Mm 15-second screencasts of some sort to show how you do certain features. I mean, I guess you could make up GIFs, honestly. Yeah, GIFs. Yeah, probably GIFs. Something uh, that can be changed easily because these have to be maintained anytime you change something as well. Mm -hmm. So I always have to consider. So that's kind of what I did in the last – since the last time we talked – I haven't done. I haven't touched anything with callback, and I've determined I'm not going to until I get asynchronous standups up. Um, I did start. <laughs> I did start another project, kind of. <laughs> so is this the one that I was talking you out of starting? Like you told me to talk you out of it, so I said, "Don't do it." No, no, no. no this not is that a different, one. So. We know a mutual acquaintance. He's a really smart kid. He's only 14 years old. Oh, I do remember you telling me about he this. He started now. developing. He, he was like the youngest person to have an app in the App Store, I'm pretty sure. 
he put his app in the app yeah, store. Yeah, not anymore. I think he's he's been beaten. Not anymore. Now. Yeah, not anymore. But I think that actually the newest, youngest kid was 10. Is 10. And yeah. uh, Jonathan, Jonathan's his name. Jonathan also had his app in the app store when he was 10. So anyway, really smart kid. His dad reached out and said, hey, he's kind of bored in the summer. Do you have anything? And I've been wanting to work on this. This application, this Pomodoro app, that's, I know there's a million of them, but it's kind of got a different spin to it. So mm-hmm. we started collaborating on that. Um, it's nothing that's like serious. It doesn't really have a schedule. It doesn't have a deadline. It's kind of a way to, we're doing an Elixir. So he's learning Elixir. I'm learning more of Elixir. Uh, learning a lot with OTP, uh, the Erlang OTP libraries. Um, uh, that's kind of, and we've been meeting like for, three or four hours a week uh except last week when i was on vacation and now this week he's on vacation so um so that's kind of also eaten up a little bit of my time not much uh but i basically wanted to teach him some uh teamworky type of stuff and how to use github and pull requests and um he just and he picked it up automatically like he's super smart yeah so i mean well he was so let's just uh he was explaining pointers like at an understanding far beyond any like graduate yeah. students I was talking to when he was 10. I have so. another story. So he, he goes, he's in high school now and he was taking Spanish from first grade to eighth grade. So he already knew Spanish. And so he wanted to learn Chinese. Uh, I hope it's okay. I'm still on the story, but, um, mm-hmm. so his teacher said, uh, his Chinese one teacher took Chinese one in high, in his freshman year. And like halfway through the year, his teacher's like, hey, you're doing really good in this. Do you want to learn Chinese too? And he's like, sure, I'll learn Chinese too. So he learned Chinese too on his own time before the class finished Chinese one. That sounds about right. <laughs> so anyways, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So by the next time we chat in season two of the stand-up, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have asynchronous stand-ups done. And uh, the guide's done, and I want to get callback launched. So those are my two big, really big goals. So we will yeah. see if that's going to happen. I'm going to have to, like, put a big, like, a giant sign up that's, like, you have to ship it by this date. Yes. And, you know, just, like, counting it down. And we'll announce uh, season two on our, our Twitter, our Twitter when that's going to happen. But... um like I said, it should be October, November time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any speaking engagements for the rest of the year? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, actually, when I get home from vacation, which we're driving to Hilton Head, so that's like 14-hour drive. Driving back, I then have to get into a car and then drive to Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where I'm speaking at that conference. Oh, nice. No, uh, The week after next. So... That's going to be a fun day. Um, and then I think I have one more booked, and I've submitted to several others that I haven't heard back from. I'm going to submit to Keep Ruby Weird. I know that, which is in October in Austin. And some chatbot mm. conference-type thingies. So we'll see. How about you? Um, and So right now I think I only have one outstanding um, submission that I don't know about, and that's for Elixir Rocks, which is in Colorado. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that is so. I just pitched my meditation talk to that one, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I kind of want it to be uh, at a conference. It's going to be recorded, 
Because I'm like, I prepped this thing. Now I actually want to give this and let other people see it. So I figured I'd do that. But that's the only one that I have uh, outstanding right now. And if you get accepted anymore, uh, then we'll just put it on Twitter. Yep. I love your meditation talk. It caused me to try meditation. And uh, I, uh, since we last talked, I subscribed to Headspace. Nice. For the year. It's been going well. I haven't been doing it on the weekends. Yeah, I always fall apart on the weekends too. Yeah, it's it's something. If I don't do it early in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. I just don't do it, and I just gotta get around that. But I, I can definitely tell a difference when I don't do it and when I do do it. So, cool, going well. Cool, man. Well, I will uh, talk to you to you in a few months, my friend. Yeah, man, months sounds so long, but yeah, a few months. We'll we'll actually have stuff to talk about. So that that one <laughs> listener that tunes in to hear us say we didn't do things will be sorely disappointed. He'll want to uh, he'll want to tune into that one episode. Yeah, and then that's it. All right, well, later, man. All right, talk to you later, Keith.